This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome everyone to yet another episode of Diagnosing the Aftermarket A to Z. I'm Matt Fonslow. I probably need to talk to Tracy about changing my intro music to Third Eye Blind. And you can listen to me elaborate more on that after we hear from our sponsor, Napa Auto Tech Training. Napa Auto Tech offers three-hour virtual technical classes that can be accessed from the comfort of your home. To find out what courses are available, go to NapaAutoTech.com and click on the Napa Auto Tech class calendar link. Quick update on Dad. He's in assisted living. He has a ICD, which is basically a personal defibrillator. Not completely unlike a pacemaker. Has a few leads connected to his heart or it monitors rhythm. And then if needs be, will kind of edge him into rhythm if he were to go arrhythmic or out of rhythm. And then if his heart would ever stop, it should try to restart his heart. I think they're doing that more or less because they don't know what else to do, if that makes sense. And that's not like a dig at them at the medical community or male cardiology or anything like that. They only have what they have to go on. And that is his heart stopped and he lived and they would have bet money that it was a heart attack due to an infarction, which is a blockage. They did not find anything of the sort. So the next most reasonable cause is his heart went into an arrhythmia. They put that on and he's in assisted living really to heal up from the surgery. I don't know if stronger is quite the right word, but to recover, to get back some dexterity with his hands and his legs to be able to walk, and which he's walking now unassisted. Uh, pretty much, they really don't do much for him up there anymore. Physical therapy, occupational therapy. I guess where I'm going with all this is it wasn't that long ago, just around Christmas. My Christmas wish was that I would still have a dad alive leading up to some of that after the cardiac arrest that he had been missing benchmarks. We have to concede that they're benchmarks, right? They're, they're not law by any means, but I think we do the same, right? There's business benchmarks out there that we can look at a large sample. And if these benchmarks are hit, this business or in our world, a repair shop will probably succeed or be doing fairly well. Is that always the case? Absolutely not. But, you know, when it's your dad and he's missing benchmarks and, you know, all your uh, ideas of what happens with a cardiac arrest and CP, successful CPR, mind you, uh, is somewhat wrong. But he's missing, or at least was missing these benchmarks and then improving. Like, and then, of course, hitting the benchmarks late and then moving on and, and improving. And I guess I almost feel somewhat like an entitled jerk that for the longest time, if I could just not lose my dad and have him able to converse, not, not to be so damaged that he wouldn't be like having him at all or some major personality change due to trauma and or brain damage. Really getting all these things and more 
And then, you know what? I catch myself going, changing my hopes, changing my desires a little bit and, and, and setting new thresholds of, I hope. So it goes from, I, I hope he doesn't die to, I hope that he's himself maybe disabled, but I hope he's alive and I hope he kind of knows who we all are and that I can have a few years where we can still converse to, I hope that he can be able to take care of himself. I hope he can move back home and not be a terrific strain on my mom. And you see what I mean? Like just keep changing these wishes and they keep getting more and more optimistic and almost to the point, except I think I'm consciously holding back of, I hope he gets back to normal. Cause I don't know what, then what suffer a cardiac arrest and, I hope he comes back better than normal. Just seems absurd. But yeah, it got me kind of thinking. And and on the way to work, I was on the phone with Sean Tipping, the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast, just talking about stuff, just random stuff. And then he's checking up on my dad and that family and stuff like that. And I was kind of telling him this, right? That I feel like a really foolish that I have these hopes. I hope he lives. I hope he can uh, remember us and communicate with us. And I hope he uh, will be able to at least function to a degree that he can interact with his friends and family and uh, make it to events and go to restaurants and stuff like that, but maybe never be what he used to be. Too, I hope he can be a fraction. Too, I hope he can be a large fraction. Too, I hope that he can go home and do all the things he used to do with minimal repercussions. And it just, I don't know, for lack of a better word, I kind of feel like an asshole. And yet here I, I do it. And that's what I'm doing. I hope his recovery continues. I hope there's just a little bit of short-term memory stuff going on that isn't awful, but... If that improves a little bit, makes things a little bit better, makes things easier on my mom, because he is, I think, physically capable of taking care of himself, bathing, stuff like that. And then he's going to go home and feel good and want to go do stuff. But if his memory is kind of an issue, that could drive her pretty insane. And let's just start wishing for more. And it gets me thinking, and, and this is what I was talking about Sean with, is how many times... Have you, either from an owner management perspective, given, and maybe give is a really crap word, but we'll use this tentatively, given someone, an employee, more money or better benefits, improved the benefits, improved contributions to benefits, equipment upgrades, shop and work environment upgrades, and, and just feeling like, the appreciation is temporary. And then on the other end of the spectrum, as an employee, how many times have you gotten whatever, that special tool you really wanted or better lighting, climate-controlled work environment, more money, health insurance if you've never had it before, all these things. And initially, you're extremely appreciative, extremely grateful. But now you've had it for a few months or a year, and now more, more, more. And it kind of gets into that 
I don't know. It's not purely ambition though, right? Like I get it. Like you want to keep improving either as a uh, employee or you want the shop to keep improving for somewhat selfish reasons. Cause if the shop's doing better, hopefully you're doing better. You have the owner who's ambitious to grow the business cause they'll make their life better. You have employees that are working for the business to become bigger, better, more profitable because it should translate into improving their quality of life, quality of work environment, at least. And that makes sense to a degree or to a large degree. It makes perfect sense. But I think we have to have pause too in that after a while, it's like we were doing pretty good. I got it pretty good as an employer. If you kind of have a team of service advisor, advisors, customer service reps, I have a group of techs now, however many that is, a core group that's like, man, they're really good. They do exactly what I need them to do as what they're hard workers. They take care of the clients, the customers, vehicles. They take care of the shop. Man, I got it pretty good. Gosh, darn it. I got it pretty good. I'm pretty darn lucky. Lucky I found these people. And vice versa, or at least from an employee's perspective, looking around going, it's not such a bad place to work. It's clean, lit, climate controlled, depending on where you live, or at least what what's climate controlled, heated, cooled, both tools and equipment, income, benefits. Like, it ain't so bad. Not that ambition's terribly wrong, like anything, right? If it gets out of control it's a negative but yeah i definitely stop and think like i am one lucky guy for so many different things so lucky i recorded a podcast about luck pure dumb luck i mean i guess really two episodes on luck various types how it's contributed to where i'm at if you haven't listened to them they're episodes 69 and 70. Right place, right time, knowing the right people. I think there's a lot to that, to just kind of take a moment or two to appreciate what you have. And if I wanted to, pretty easy to spin it back to parents, right? That, like I said in the, really a couple episodes ago, 115 and a little bit 116, but especially 115. Like I consciously, very consciously was sitting there thinking how great it is, how lucky I am to be able to sit there with both parents and not at, I don't know, 77 and 75 are so, so old. I mean, I guess it's 77 is right at the U.S. life expectancy. So I, I guess that qualifies it, but having a couple of grandfathers into their late 80s, early 90s, your view gets a little skewed. For 98 years, the Napa name has meant quality parts and service. It also reflects top quality training programs to help you build a more successful vehicle repair business. No doubt, the technician shortage is impacting everyone, but you're not facing this battle alone. Napa has the solution by making Napa AutoTech training available near you. Napa AutoTech provides automotive aftermarket technicians career development opportunities through structured, disciplined, measured, and high-quality technical instruction, no matter the technician or service advisor skill level. This instruction enhances understanding of vehicle systems, 
increases first-time repair capability, and overall customer satisfaction. It also prepares technicians to become ASE certified. It's a fact. Technicians who receive training to improve their knowledge and skills have a higher sense of job satisfaction. This reduces technician turnover and increases productivity, directly improving a shop's profitability. It is vital to the success of a shop's business that today's technicians are equipped to diagnose and repair today's complex vehicles. With our ever-changing technology, the technician's knowledge and skills need to be updated and refreshed on a regular basis. As you labor over the decision of whether to send your techs to get their skills sharpened, keep in mind, Napa Auto Tech training is an investment, not an expense, and it's available to all. Much of Napa Auto Tech's training is offered in more than one format to accommodate varieties of learning styles and training preferences so each person can maximize their learning. Whether you're more of a hands-on person or enjoy learning at your own pace, Napa Auto Tech is here to provide you with the training you need and the format that works best for you. To learn more about what Napa Auto Tech offers, contact NapaAutoTech.com. I think it's pretty important for all of our sanity at some point to just kind of step back and, and appreciate what we have. I think everyone can acknowledge both perspectives. So I'm thinking leadership versus kind of the technician's service advisor's perspective that as an employee to strive for better, that it isn't fundamentally bad. This case is quite a bit different to be striving for better rather than something, if we're relating this to my dad and my wishing that that's what I'm doing is I'm wishing I have very little impact on the outcome of this. Little if any, it's probably zero or very, very, very close to zero. But as an employee of a business that I would like to see flourish with the hopes and, dare I say, expectations that I will also, quote unquote, flourish with it because that's, to me, the general idea. <laughs> see, the general idea of a business is to provide whatever services that they advertise to do in exchange for compensation, money, and that everyone involved with its growth and production and profiting also evolve and grow with the business. Just kind of that maybe an unspoken agreement that I, I know I've talked about before, that as a business, we try try to compensate you as best we can and provide you everything we can to do your job at the most productive and accurate. Really, production involves so much, right? So the most productive way. And that I, as an employee, agree to execute the uh, goals or processes, if you will, uh, of the business to make it as ethically profitable as I can. This is nothing new at least how I feel things kind of should work. But just taking a, a moment or two to, especially if there's been improvements made over time, right? We're not talking about things are really struggling, although even if it is, it's still worth, it's still worth valuing what you have. And then I think striving together for better. What can we do better? When does ambition evolve or devolve into greed? And I think from just a pure economic standpoint, there's really no such thing because I think greed implies something being nefarious, that whoever is being greedy is doing so to maximize their personal 
financial or even just like social gain at the expense of others or neglecting other things. So I think you can be all ambitious and striving together for more, whatever that means. I'm guessing fundamentally more profits, more ethical profits, and being able to do more good to help more people. And we're helping people by maintaining and servicing their vehicles. And I don't think there's anything fundamentally wrong with that. And I think if everyone shares the same goals, ambitious goals, that can really only be a good thing. And I think really just fleshing out what that means and how you get there. Can't just be management tweaking numbers and percentages, although that helps a lot. And maybe bang for the buck helps the most. But then on the other end of things, in the bays, working on improving processes and whatever that may mean. Like, I guess we have to intentionally be a little vague with that because that that could mean just personal processes, approach to repair, service work, diagnosis, stuff like that. But also the process within the shop of where's the location of things, minimizing steps, stuff like that. There can only be good that comes from that. The, the streamlining of the processes, working together on the processes, working together on the approach to repairs and diagnosis and inspections, coming up with estimates and all that. And I think everyone contributing, everyone having a say can only improve that. And that's because everyone shares the same ambitions of being better, making our jobs easier to do high quality work. And therefore, because of all that, everyone's livelihood improves as well. So really, the inspiration for this was uh, that phone call with Sean and just acknowledging how my wishes kept expanding and just starting to feel bad about it. My, My ambitions for my dad's health and recovery kept just going up and I just don't want to forget how very lucky I am to have him alive and being able to talk and now things just exceeding what my wildest dreams would have been pre-Christmas. And I think I can apply that to so many things. I can apply that to my marriage. I can apply that to my job. The things at work, if you rewind the clock 12 years, Things are better than I could have, better than I would have ever dared imagine. And yet here they are. And oh, what's Matt doing? Raising the bar. Keep raising the bar. Although I don't know that that's so bad because I think I do very, very much appreciate where things are and, and, and really have been for the uh, last few years. But yeah, I guess the moral of the story is, I don't know, maybe even a little bit of Ferris Bueller to just stop and, He says, smell the roses, but I think it really means to just kind of slow down, stop, look around and take it all in and appreciate the things you got going for you, the, the blessings, if you will. And then there's nothing wrong with really getting back on the road and pushing for, for better for everybody. So that is how I will leave you. I really appreciate listening. I hope some of this stuff speaks to you. If not, send me an email and uh, give me some uh, 
ideas for future episodes or if you'd like to be on the podcast, you can email me at mattfonslopodcast at gmail.com. Also, thank you to Napa Auto Tech Training for sponsoring. Thank you to the Aftermarket Radio Network for making this all possible. And until next time, take care. You've been listening to Matt Fonslow diagnosing the aftermarket A to Z on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Matt on your favorite listening app. He's very interested in what you have to say. Let him know what you'd like him to cover and come on the show. Matt is all for advancing the aftermarket. Find Matt Fonslow on social media and connect or on aftermarketradionetwork.com.